Hi, my name is Brandon Laird, and you're listening to The Salvationist Podcast. Today, we're going to talk with Joel Thiessen, Professor of Sociology, Director of Flourishing Congregations Institute at Ambrose University, and James Pedler, Donald N. and Kathleen G. Bastian, Chair of Wesley Studies, Associate Professor of Theology, Tyndale University, about the upcoming annual Wesley Studies Symposium that is online this year. Welcome, James and Joel. Yeah, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Brandon. Good to be here. The first question is for you, James. Can you help our listeners understand what the Wesley Studies Symposium is and what happens at the event? Sure, thanks. Uh, This is an event that's been going since 2009, and it's an academic event. So people come and they share academic research. Um, What makes it unique is it it reaches a mixed audience. I go to academic events all the time, and it mostly tends to be scholars and professors. Um, But this really engages the, the local churches, clergy and lay leaders. Um, who who come and they want to hear sort of cutting edge academic research and what people are, it's often uh, students and pastors who are doing doctoral work and sometimes some scholars, what people are doing with their uh, research and writing and the, they want to engage with sort of deep uh, thinking on issues of importance to the church and our own history and the Wesleyan uh, tradition. So it started with, I think, 12 of us went to the first one and um, this year we've got well over 100 people registered, so it's really grown. And what's nice about it is there's a, a community of people who started to come to these events. Yeah, I'm really encouraged by it because um, you see that there's people out there in the churches who want to think deeply and want to be fed and, and engage in some deep conversations. And we always have great uh, a great time together. That's great. It seems to be a population of people who've been going for it already. You got a community, but this year you're going to be online. How will the experience be similar for the people who've attended in the past and how the experience will be different? Right. So we've got a similar schedule, a similar type of, of presentations that we've had in years past. So there's a keynote speaker that's uh, that's Joel this year. And then we have uh, other people who are mostly Canadians and from our from the Wesleyan denominations prepared uh, papers and they're each paper has 40 minutes uh, for both for the paper and discussion. So we'll have, I think there's six total uh, other papers besides uh, uh, Joel's paper. And uh, they're on a wide variety of topics. We always have an interdisciplinary focus. So it's a Wesley Studies Symposium, but we take that pretty broadly to mean it could be research on the Wesleyan uh, tradition, but it could also be research by Wesleyans um, of is- things that are of interest to to Wesleyans. So that's all all the same, same kind of content, same basic format of, of the day and schedule. Um, obviously, what's different is it's all on Zoom this year. It's all online. So um, there's no, we won't get the chance to talk in between the papers and we won't get the chance to talk over lunch, which is a really important part of this event. So I'm sad about that, that that won't be happening. But on the other hand, it's opening it up to people who normally can't come. Uh, so I've already got people from around the world who've registered uh, for this year's event who normally wouldn't be able to to present. So we've got a presenter from uh, Taiwan, and I know I've got some people registered from the UK and like different different places and even different parts of Canada that normally wouldn't be able to fly into to Toronto for a one day event. 
So it, it's, it's, uh, there's some pluses and minuses, I guess you could say to this, to this format, but I'm really excited to see how many people are signing up. And I know they're interested to hear what Joel and the other presenters have to talk about. That's great, James. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are really making the, uh, the best of it under the circumstances uh, with COVID. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like you may be, be broadening your, um, your participants in from your past, uh, symposiums, Joel. Uh, can you give our listeners a brief background of your research and how it connects to the Canadian religious context? Yeah, thanks, Brandon. I'm a sociologist of religion, and I study religion and culture in Canada. And I've probably studied and, and published in three broad areas. Uh, one relates to those who say they have no religion. Uh, it's the fastest growing, quote unquote, religious group in Canada. Uh, and so I uh, published a book, a co-authored book uh, just over a year ago on this group that we call Religious Nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Um, so that, that's a primary area of research. A second area uh, pertains to millennials in Canada. Uh, co-authored a book uh, a couple years ago now uh, that looks at millennials in Canada on a variety of topics, including religion and spirituality. And then the third area, and probably the focal point of our time together, this symposium, uh, is on flourishing congregations in Canada. And there's a lot of research that comes out of the U.S. and U.K. and other parts of the world, very interesting, very helpful in their own ways, uh, but really trying to lean into what's going on within the Canadian church against this kind of broad narrative of religious decline, of which my own research documents. Uh, but sometimes when we focus on declines, we lose sight of where are the signs of life and vitality. And so this institute that I, I lead with a group of other scholars really seeks to unpack uh, the signs of life and vitality in Christian congregations, Catholic, mainline conservative Protestant churches, and most importantly, trying to provide empirical data as the basis of our understanding of what's happening within Canadian congregations coast to coast to coast. That's great, Joel. Very timely uh, for what's happening in our Canadian context. And uh, I've, I've heard um, you speak at a couple of conferences and seen some of your research. I think it'd be really of interest to, um, to all levels of people within the Salvation Army, uh, employees, um, lay leaders, officers, and our, our executive leaders in the organization. I think there's a lot that um, they could learn from your, your papers. Next question. This is for both you, James uh, and Joel. I'm curious about what you are seeing during the pandemic as it relates to the Wesley tradition. How is the Wesleyan quadrilateral of scripture, tradition, experience, and reason holding up? Okay, yeah, there's lots of directions one could go here. And in some ways, I mean, I'm, I'm a sociologist, so I look to empirical data. And uh, so some of the, the research that's coming out over the last year uh, certainly shows uh, for some congregations some signs of, of life and vitality, groups that are innovating and adapting and rethinking um, the, the core essence of who and what they are as, as local congregations. So certainly firmly rooted within the scripture, uh, firmly rooted within tradition, but perhaps paying attention to how experiences are changing or evolving within this pandemic experience. So we certainly see that. I think there are others who are really struggling, uh, who are perhaps uh, limited by the tradition that they find themselves within. Uh, and there's always a, 
um, I don't want to say a danger of tradition, but sometimes when, when people can't innovate or adapt to a changing cultural context and environment that we see congregations emerging within this setting. And I would say last, I mean, there's lots of offshoots to this conversation, but um, you really find some of the polarizing perspectives from within congregations and denominations and society as a whole. I mean, the church is not immune to this. Uh, uh, you know, politicized views of the role of, uh, of government and uh, theology and, and rights and congregations and so forth. And so I think in and through that, it's really interesting to pay attention to how groups' uh, theological understandings of the world play out in people's lived experiences and how they draw upon reason or not in the process uh, and the ways in which we live in um you know, a posture of uh, grace and peace with one another uh, and or not present within some settings. So I would say it's been a difficult context for some. Uh, and on the other hand, there are some who are adapting and, and innovating. So some of the things anyways, we're seeing in some of the initial data among other uh, interesting lines of inquiry. Yeah, I think um, one way you could look at it, I guess, is almost like this is a case study in how churches are, if I'm putting on my sort of more theological hat, um, how churches are using this quadrilateral uh, so-called of sources and how are people navigating the pandemic? Obviously the, the experience angle is really significant at, right now because we're all learning as we go and it's a huge experiment for, for churches. And that's really what experience means in that, in that quadrilateral. It's not so much, I think people misunderstand it sometimes and think it's about sort of like, inner voices of the Holy Spirit or something like that. And not that that's not part of it, that God could speak to you, but it's more to do with, in the Wesleyan tradition, it's been more to do with practical experience. So what can we learn from one another in our Christian life and from congregation? That's where I think we, you know, what Joel's research is so important for us is how do we learn from one another and what's working and where we see those signs, signs of life. So I think in this pandemic, um, yeah, people are, just trying to see what's going to work in this, these very strange conditions that we've never faced before. And, but you're, you're rooted in scripture. You're rooted in um, yeah, your own tradition, but it's, it's sometimes the rubber is hitting the road, right. With people in terms of what they think they should be doing or could be doing um, how they think they can adapt uh, church life and, and worship practices and, and all of these things it's sort of like a big, uh, like I say, a big, a big case study. And maybe in a few years we can look back and it'll be really interesting to see um, what we've learned from it and um, what we take away. But I'm, I'm, and I've been, I've been encouraged to see the, the level of um, innovation and effort and um, the drive of, of so many people, especially in the earlier part of the pandemic. I mean, we're all getting so tired now, but, um, you know, I was really encouraged to see the way that churches and church leaders, you know, did, did whatever they needed to do to try and adapt. Um, and certainly I, I'm sure some are, some are struggling a lot more than others, but I do think there will be signs of life that come out of this as well. And because, you know, the church is always renewed uh, every generation or there's always those movements of renewal that are those signs of life that are springing up. And sometimes it's in the the darkest moments or the times when it seems like things are, you know, 
furthest from uh, where we think they should be, that, that something surprising might happen. So we'll see. We'll see. Thanks for that, guys. Hey, Joel, I've got another question for you. What can our listeners expect to hear from you at the symposium? Yeah, I'm going to uh, lean into some of the data and research out of our recently published book titled Signs of Life. Uh, Talk a little bit of what is a flourishing congregation, how do we define it, what are some of the traits that are are present there, uh, and give some attention to some of the realities during the pandemic, uh, some data from before the pandemic, and some other research that's come out since then. So, you know, looking at things like innovation, uh, leadership development, uh, neighborhood involvement, what does it mean for a church to be actively involved in its community, uh, things like evangelism in terms of an outward focus. So provide a bit of a cursory overview, leaning into some Canadian data there that hopefully will um, will provide a sense of hope and optimism from the data to learn from some congregations across theological sectors and across regions of uh, Canadian context, uh, as well as provide some practical and theological reflections and, and tools that congregational leaders and and lay members can actually take back into their congregational uh, settings. So all grounded within empirical data, but hopefully opening up and fostering some good conversation of what flourishing might look like uh, within uh, a local church setting. And it very much builds on this idea that, you know, no church is flourishing in every single way. And few churches are without flourishing in any kind of capacity. That is, almost every church has some kinds of sign of flourishing and how do we help congregations to identify those signs however limited or expansive they might be and how to actually build on those things within their own distinct um, calling within their church their setting at this point in history and in time so hopefully we'll we'll open up some good conversation and thought-provoking uh, data for uh, people to consider in that vein that's great. So listeners of the podcast are wanna, gonna wanna sign up and 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 be a part of this and be able to hear this information that Joel was just talking about. Speaking about signing up and how to register, James, how do our listeners sign up for the uh, symposium? Yeah, if if you just go to the, the Tyndale University website, tyndale.ca and search Wesley Symposium, it'll come up right away and you'll find the, the event page. You can get the schedule and there's a link there to register. And this year's event is free. I mean, we always try to keep it affordable, but usually we have a meal that we have to to cover costs for. We don't have to worry about that this year. So um, it's a free event. Everyone's welcome. Even if they only wanted to hear Joel or only wanted to hear a couple of the papers, they'd be welcome to register uh, there and, and you can find all the details. Well, thank you, James and Joel, for taking the time to connect with us today. And thanks for listening to the Salvationist podcast. Uh, Make sure you check out Tyndale.ca for information about registering for the Wesley Studies Symposium. For new episodes, be sure to visit Salvationist.ca slash podcast. For more Army news, visit Salvationist.ca. And if you would like to get the news delivered directly to your email inbox, sign up for a weekly newsletter at salvationist.ca slash newsletter.